Good evening, folks, and welcome back to another episode of South of the Cheddar Curtain. As always, it's your boy Devin Hine sitting across from the disheartened, depressed, and confused Luke Mueller. Are you able to say hi to the folks, Luke? Hello, folks. I'm sure not the only ones that are feeling a little down, confused, left wondering what is going on with our Packers team after the 27 to 22 absolutely shocking loss in London to the New York Giants. But before we get down to our usual stuff, the likes and the loves and our breakdown, at least attempt of a breakdown of this game, one of our listeners, one of our little listeners, Mr. James Dunn, was kind enough to send us some email. So I'm going to have Luke read it off for us. Absolutely. And we love getting mail from our fans, right? Yes. With with blinking lights. Please send us questions. Engage. We would love that, guys. Really. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, dear Devin and Luke, I'm an avid fan of the pod and the Packers. And like you live behind enemy lines. South of the Cheddar Cart. Beautiful. I now believe Devin is a wizard since he penned the words, Romeo, Romeo, where out thou, Romeo? Beat thy defender and score thy touchdown. Dubs has been doing just that. I'm convinced there's power in Devin's poetry. <laughs> Your friend and friend, James. P.S. I'm sorry. I had to bring it back. It's too good. Also do want to mention that it's James Dunn's birthday. So it happy is birthday, James birthday, So happy birthday, Happy James. birthday. And thank you for bringing back, I think, one of the uh, highlights of our podcast so far, Devin's Poetry. It was a personal favorite, obviously. I'm glad I wasn't the only one who enjoyed it. Yeah, I've heard some mixed results overall, but I I absolutely love it. And it is our show, so that's what kind of matters. So, yeah, Romeo continues to look great. And this game, he had a couple of plays where Rodgers just missed him. Yep. He had an easy touchdown. Um, even after, I think that was the play that was the defensive pass interference or like legal contact, kind of the same thing, where if that corner doesn't just bump him, Romeo probably gets that ball, and it's probably a touchdown. Probably, yeah. But he, he is obviously the much more consistent out of the two um, between him and Christian Watson, and we'll kind of get into that a little bit later. But yeah, as, as excited I was with that poem when I wrote it, as excited I was when we drafted him, as excited we all were watching him in preseason, he still continues to amaze, and... His productivity, his development is something that we need to just keep in the back of our minds as we're trying to be positive here going forward. Yeah, no, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there. One play that stood out to me, um, and I think I may have even texted texted the group about it, was he had another really nice deep in catch. And I love that because those intermediate and especially between the numbers throws are kind of what our offense has been lacking for a very long time because historically Aaron does not like throwing the ball in between the numbers if he can avoid it. A mm-hmm. um, little bit higher chance of interceptions, tip balls, all that kind of good stuff. But if we can get back to having that kind of intermediate, over-the-middle, safe guy that can create more separation than Alan Lazard can and is not 75 years old like Randall Cobb. Love Randall Cobb. He though. is 22 again. <laughs> That's what I'm and saying. And I'm here for it. Um but that really brings a dynamic that we haven't haven't had since Devontae, really. I mean, and, and before Devontae, that wasn't even necessarily Jordy's game. That's more of a Greg Jennings type of deal. So um, I'd love to see that development. I look forward to kind of what, what he does going forward. But I think it, James hit the nail on the head. It did all start with the poem. <laughs> well, I'm glad as, as an owner that I was able to positively impact the team that we do love so much. And that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. All right, on to, I guess, a segment that just keeps on rolling, I think, and I know. 
yeah, hit me with your first one, man. Hit me with your first one. All right. I think we need to be making some changes in the wide receiver room in a few different spots. Okay, I'm listening. So Amari Rodgers had an offensive snap at receiver and had like a three-yard loss, as I've said before. He does not do anything with the ball in his hands in the open field, which is completely his job when you draft a little, what, five-foot-eight little slot receiver. That was the whole reason we drafted you was for yards after catch and your returnability. And while you did show, you know, some improvement this season, at least in the punt return, you've lost your job returning to Christian Watson. And then he fumbled again in this game. And by the end, it was Keyshawn Nixon out there fielding punts. Yeah, no, that was kind of something I I found really interesting was how he already has lost the return chops. And LaFleur even brought it up, I believe, in kind of a post-game presser situation that, like, Amari's got to make sure he holds on to the ball. Going back to last year, that's been a weakness of his. And kind of the last spot I thought he would get taken over this fast was probably kick returner. Yeah. Part returner felt like we had some other options, but kick returner was interesting, especially with Christian Watson. Kind of love that, kind of hate it. Haven't really decided yet. Um, but it's another way to get that man the ball. So I, I do enjoy giving him more opportunity to use that athleticism. But yeah, Mark just ain't it. None of it. He's none of it right now. And he's not even being used in the Randall Cobb role. He's not being used in the Swerve and Irvin role. He just he does not have a home on this team. He's a waste of of a player when he's out in the field and offense. And I'm happy that you mentioned Christian Watson. Cause I kind of wanted to hit that too, with just talking about the receiver room, you know, Romeo has looked great and we're excited for his development, but we were also excited for Christian Watson's development. And I didn't realize this until I was rewatching the game today. Um, just a little side note. I was on call for work on Sunday. So I got to watch up into the, the two minute warning before halftime. And I went to work feeling really great. And it sounds like that me missing the uh, second half was a, a blessing. A it mercy, absolutely was. It absolutely mercy, was. Will. It was terrible. So I didn't realize that Christian Watson went out with a hamstring again. And he's already been inactive for at least a handful of games this season with that hamstring. He was in and out of training camp all summer with the hamstring issue. So I'm not going to sit here and say that he's going to be a bust or he's never going to get over it. But we need more production and are counting on him. Mm-hmm. Panthers just hired or fired Matt Rule. You know, a lot of teams are going to be making calls. I think we could call for DJ Moore. Doubt it happens. No chance. Absolutely 0% chance. Think it's worth a try. And also, I think that we should trade Amari for like, if you get a seventh round pick for Amari Rodgers, that's a win. That's how bad he is. Trade him so you're not just, you know, cutting him. Right. So we free up the roster spot and then either bring up, like, bring up and keep Winfrey who Rodgers trusts, or the rookie out of Montana, or I guess he went to Nebraska eventually. Nebraska. Samari Toure looks to be a burner, looks good in the preseason. I mean, just just see what he's got. Because I, I know what Amari Rodgers is, and he's nothing. So let me see somebody else and what they can do. I kind of think it it almost doesn't matter at this point, because realistically, Samari Toure is not going to see the field. Um, if we get down to the point of having to use either him or Winfrey, I expect we just... More tight ends, more pony, less wide receivers. I think who we have out there that you see play in, play out, it's probably going to be who we see on probably. the field. Um, and that even replacing Amari, you're only replacing a couple snaps, uh, realistically, of offensive play each week, if that, right? So, honestly, I just don't really care. 
I think I was also kind of pointing to the need to get rid of Amari and add somebody because now Christian Watson's health is becoming a legitimate concern. Yeah. And we don't know when Sammy Watkins is going to be back, and he was inconsistent. So if it's really only Cobb, Dubs, and Lazard. Yeah, there's not a ton there. I get that. There's not. And we like to rotate. The guys are fresh. I mean, I love those three, but you need at least another. I think it'll be interesting to kind of see when does Watkins come back? He's not going to be out the entire year, right? Because it's soft tissue stuff like it always is with him. So he'll come back at some point. I'm sure he'll be designated to return, and that kind of helps bolster the the depth, quote-unquote, right? When everybody's hurt, does it does really qualify as depth if Sammy Watkins is one of the options. Yeah. Uh, he'll be out there for three plays and get hurt again. But he looked pretty decent in, in kind of the run we saw of him. So I expect we'll we'll hang tight. That's the Packer way of doing things. You're up. Oh, that's right. It is my turn. Okay. So my I think. And this, so Devin is going to take kind of a serious um, approach to these, I think, in I knows this week, and I am not. So uh, there are a couple things that my management team at work uh, wanted us to bring up. Some topics they wanted us to cover um, that they felt were lacking in our previous episodes. And and my I know actually came from a heated debate that we had as a team. So my I think is I think Aaron Rodgers is growing his hair or cutting his hair, doing whatever he's doing with that horrible mop on his head to be a member of Peaky Blinders for Halloween. Oh, I called that right away when I saw the haircut. And I hope it's true, right? Because we know that he has a history of this with the John Wick and and the Nick Cage and stuff. So that is the only logical explanation I have for why you would have that terrible haircut because it doesn't look good on him. He looks like whatever kind of penguin that is. And he isn't, at this point, playing his best ball, and I don't think he's deserving of the haircut. I mean, when I think of the Peaky Blinders, granted, I mean... They are kind of alcoholic messes, but like when Correct. it comes to business and when it comes to dealing with adversity, Ooh. they'll hit you right back in the face. Ooh, I like it. That's what they do. Whereas with the Packers and Rodgers, some adversity, all right, nap time. There you go. That That's very true. So I think it is not, I mean, maybe he actually is going as a penguin for Halloween. We don't know. Could be, right? It's an option. It would be pretty perfect. You know, Packers, Green Bay, Cold Penguins. Works. That's pretty solid, honestly. He's getting like a little that. slow in his old age. He just kind of waddles around, right? That's what it feels like. He's kind of waddling on the last play of the game there. <laughs> oh, well, man, that, that dude know, got he was, crushed. He was waddling for his life. Yeah. Yeah, that was a rough one, man. There, was was a, a, rough there one. were a few lions coming for him, metaphorically. Yes. So so I think that Peaky Blinders, I hope so, anyways. We'll find out in a couple weeks. I love that show so much. You if know, you guys I, haven't watched it, Highly recommend it. Definitely not with your kids, though. I have not seen it. Really? No. I, oh, I watched a couple wonderful. clips just kind of get the get the feeling for it before I started talking about it. But it's a great show. Yeah. I've heard, and they dress great. In mm-hmm. that. Very good style. Just the whole show is really well done. Can't recommend it enough if you're looking for something to watch as we approach winter. There you go. Something mm-hmm. that you can watch on Netflix or whatever it's on. I think it's on Netflix. Netflix? Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure. All right. You're up, bud. All right. So, I know that Andy Herman of Packers Media laid out one of the most beautiful football analogies I have ever heard in my life, and I'm going to share it with you guys right now. Okay. When talking about the defense, and let's pause for a second to think about this defense, that we have six or seven first-round picks, that we have Devondre Campbell, 
and Razul, who were both high money free agent signings. So is Preston Smith, right? It's a very souped up offense, souped up defense. My apologies. Kind of reminds me of a souped up car, right? So Herman made the okay. point. Think about a Lamborghini. Oh, I like where this is going. Like Lamborghini drives fast. I mean, you can't be putzing on a Lamborghini, right? You got to be aggressive. You got to put the pedal to the metal, right? In case anybody is not aware, Devin is not the car guy out of us. I am not the car guy. Yeah, this, I'm completely out of my depths here, but I figured you'd appreciate. So imagine the Packers defense is a Lamborghini, as it should be. It is talent-wise, absolutely stacked. It was expensive. Like a Lamborghini, yes. Imagine you have a Lamborghini, but you can only drive 25 miles an hour. And I'm talking on the highway, folks. And that is what this defense looks like when we are sitting back in cover four, 10 yards off the line of scrimmage, and then you see guys ripping right past you with Honda Civics. What was left of Wink Martindale's defense, especially in the second half with all those injuries, was a Honda Civic going 70. Just guys just playing their asses off, being aggressive. And, and look, right, it doesn't matter if you have a Lamborghini, if you cannot get on the highway, and put your pedal to the metal. And as Tom Cruise would say, have a need for speed. I like it. I like it. So you're saying we're the Lamborghini in the right lane with the blinkers on, doing 25 miles an hour. If we even have blinkers at this point. I don't know what is wrong with this car, but (laughs) there is a lot. We need to go out, get on the Autobahn, where we can do like 150 and fly legally. It would be nice. We have the tools in this car to do that. But for whatever reason, we're just like, nah. I'm just going to go like 25 and see what happens. <laughs> Got to be conservative. Make sure you don't crash. I can't even I can't even respond to that with something <laughs> witty. I just I'm just disgusted with this defense. We'll get into it more. But that's my I know. Good okay. job, Andy Herman. I like that. So the the second thing that I, I'm supposed to talk about, right? <clears throat> is we had a conversation in one of our manager meetings about quarterbacks Mm -hmm. specifically who would you take Aaron Rodgers or Peyton Manning now I was left purposely relatively vague so I'm going to go totalities of skill and career okay okay now are we talking about taking them as your quarterback or like a forehead model or what are we looking for here (laughs) Well, forehead model there's I mean there's a landslide no doubt Aaron you lose bud (laughs) sorry about it uh, broadcaster probably Aaron also loses. The Manning cast is pretty solid. The Manning cast is solid, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, but Aaron will just start talking about meditation or or something. Anyways, we're you gonna get back. We could all use some more peace. That isn't the bad. That isn't the worst thing. Could be worse, right? Could be worse. Um, and just so everyone is aware. I died alone on top of the Aaron Rodgers Hill in that conversation. I mean, are you I lost surprised? like eight to one. It was just me. I mean, also, Luke, where do we live? What's the name of our show? It is, well, if you remember at this time, yeah. south of the Cheddar Curtain. Hmm. So most of your coworkers are probably Bears fans, the majority, yes. So Who are they who do they hate above yeah, all who else? Who do they hate? If they have any, any of our Hall of Fame quarterbacks, yeah. If they have any bit of me in their blood. Yep. If I was a Bears fan, I, I would want Nothing but negativity towards Aaron Rodgers. All the bad juju. I mean, but maybe you think, maybe if you put him up on a pedestal, it makes you feel better about how the Bears have fared. I don't know. Maybe. If you think you're playing the best quarterback of all time, then it's okay to get 
waxed twice a year. You guys like that? Luke's coworkers <laughs> waxed. <laughs> Ooh. Anyways, so I just, I just want to talk about this. Get kind of get your thoughts um, because I know Aaron Rodgers is is a better quarterback than Peyton Manning. I would take his career. I would take his skill level. Not even close. Agreed. Not even close. I think really the o- the only thing that is close is probably the mind. Right. Yeah. I mean, I would take arm talent, Aaron Easy. Also, something we kind of pointed out before the show was that if you're looking at the pieces around, right? Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember if Marvin Harrison is a Hall of Famer or is at least like knocking at the door, but he probably should be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. I don't think. I mean, maybe Devontae gets in, but we're going to see with the rest of his Raiders career. Yeah, he's he needs a couple more excellent seasons to get in that conversation. So you automatically have one Hall of Famer. And then I would take Reggie Wayne. I mean, he could push. Some people think he's probably as good as Jordy Nelson. Yeah, yeah. So that's a really good number two. Correct. Dallas Clark, who was better than any Packers tight end we've had. And you had him for, what, eight, ten years? Yep. That was his dude. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, by the way... Guys, who did Peyton Manning play in that Super Bowl that, that he won? The, the first one where he actually, you know, did stuff? Oh, that's right. Rex Grossman and the Bears. Sexy Rexy, man. Does that even count as a win? <laughs> Should it? Should be like a half. So, so here's what we'll do. So we'll give Peyton Manning a half for that. And then when he goes to Denver and they have one of the best defenses ever, the offense is stacked. Yeah, that team was loaded. Him and Brock Osweiler just like trade off who's having a crappy week this week. Correct. In 2015, uh, Mr. Noodle Arm himself at that point, Payne Manning. No fault of his own, by the way. Injuries had had sucked what skill he had left out of him. It was literally his neck. That's going to mess up your throwing Correct. Duh. Come on. It's going to mess up everything. It's going to throw a wrench in your plans. It really is. Yes, sir. It is. So that game again, that was the Von Miller show. I Mm -hmm. believe he was Super Bowl MVP. So he gets a half a win for that. Let's let's, uh, so, let's go over the stats for that year real quick. Do you want to? Can we please? I like yeah. a good comedy fest. Okay, so he played 10 games in that regular season. I'm going to guess 15 picks. 17. Jesus. Guys, really? Touchdowns? Really. How many touchdowns do you think? 10. 9. 9 to 17, and you win the Super Bowl. And you're going to tell me that should count as a, as a dub for Peyton Manning? It, yeah, abs- absolutely not. Absolutely not, right? So let, let's talk about counting stats, right? Because Peyton Manning is up there with every counting stat imaginable. A lot of it got broken by Breeze and, and Brady due to their a little bit longer careers. But let, let's go through some of that because that's a good argument as well, mm-hmm. right? Aaron's going to have less of everything. He's played less. So, obviously, Payne Manning started his rookie year, right? So he has a little bit bigger body of work. Played in 266 games, which is about 50 more than Aaron to this point. Just shy of 72,000 yards. That's a lot of yards. Can't say anything bad about that. Here's where it gets interesting. 539 touchdowns in the regular season. It's a lot of touchdowns. Not too shabby. Yeah, a lot of touchdowns. How many interceptions? It's like 300 or something. Uh, 251. 251. So a little over 2-1 to one touchdown interception, which for mortals is not bad. What is Aaron at? Aaron, on the other hand, is at 400. And 57, how many interceptions? Under 100. 96. So that's, wait, help me out. I'm yeah, a nurse. let's do the math here for a I second. I don't really do math. That sounds like that's 2 to 1 versus 
four, four and a half. One. Four and a half to one. Four and a half. Wait, that's like it's like double the number. It is. It is. He's played fifty less games. Has about fifteen thousand less. Uh, fifty thousand less passing yards. Fifteen thousand less passing yards. Way better touchdown interception ratio. Significantly better quarterback rating by about ten. Is the cube is the quarterback rating difference there? He's the most efficient passer of all time, with any kind of sample size. Literally, literally the most efficient. It's the talent is better, right? That last Super Bowl, Payne Manning did nothing. I don't want to take it away from him, right? Because I think honestly, Payne Manning and Aaron Rodgers are on very similar career arcs. I would agree right? with that. Yeah, they kind of got one early-ish in their career, mm-hmm. right? And then just kept not. Right, so obviously Payne Manning had to deal with Tom Brady all those years. Had a lot of interesting games there. So what's another thing someone could say? Right, what what do we hear as Packer fans? Why can't we get over the hump? Right, something we get all the time. I mean, we hear that Aaron does shit the bed in the playoffs, and there are some games where he doesn't look as great. You know, he throws a pick or two. To be fair, maybe to be fair, misses right? some throws. Yeah, do we not remember those a couple times when the Colts went up to New England? And Manning would throw like four or five picks, and they would still barely lose because those Colts defenses were also pretty legit. Oh yeah, there's another thing. They usually have pretty good defenses. Dwight Freeney, Robert Mathis, Bob Sanders. Yeah, how about most of Rogers' playoff defenses? Oh, absolutely. Except for terrible. last year, but absolutely yeah. terrible. The Doctor, John McMillan, <laughs> Luke's coworkers. Do you guys know who they are? <laughs> oh, you don't. I I wonder why exactly. Dude's probably bagging groceries at this point. I hope he's doing well. So in his 21 games, Aaron Rodgers we're talking about, 21 postseason games. Just shy of 6,000 yards, 45 touchdowns to 13 interceptions. Pretty damn good. I would right. take that. Quarterback rating of 100. Quarterback rating of 100. Payne Manning, on the other hand, hmm. Hmm. Not so much. Not so much, guys. So 27 games, a little over 7,000 yards, 40 touchdowns, 25 interceptions. So it's a three to one ratio for one and a less than two to one for the Correct. other. Correct. Hmm. Quarterback rating of 87, 13 points lower. So he gets worse in the playoffs significantly. Yeah. Significantly worse and got carried by a lot of those defenses or just straight out got pushed out of the playoffs. Right. Something we're used to. But if you go back to earlier in Aaron's career, especially all of the times we played Arizona in the playoffs, for instance, or the Giants or yep. the, or the, Niners both times. I mean, the offense is putting up points. Granted, we've talked about some uncharacteristic yeah. fumbles, which are not on Aaron. Correct. And the defense giving up. God, I think we've given up over 30 points like eight times in the playoffs. Yes, we we consistently give up a ton. A ton in the playoffs. Also, something we could point out, how many times was Payne Manning one and done in the playoffs? Just played one game, didn't win anything. I'll say five. Nine. Ooh. Aaron Rodgers? Four. Spot on. Four. Beautiful. All yeah. Right. Four times versus nine that the legendary Payne Manning could not win a single game in the playoffs. And those Colts teams are always very high seeds. Always. Always. So that means that they're probably losing the wild card round. Yeah. I, mean, the, I think it's no contest personally. Not saying anything bad about Payne. He's one of the greats. He is, right? but he does greats. not. He, he is, is not, not close to Rodgers. I think a lot of what's happening with Aaron at this point is he's kind of going off the deep end slightly. 
in recent times. We're going to get in there. Yeah. Right. You know, he's he's not everybody's cup of tea at this point off the field. Oh, off the field for sure. Yeah. I mean, the the, the hate, the shit talk can be uh, really inflamed. Yeah. Some of the stuff he says off the field. Correct. I mean, even last last season on our show, we had to hold him accountable for some of the things that he said. I'm not going to sit here and say that he's a perfect human being. No, absolutely not. I'm not going to sit here and say that my opinion of him is as high as it was maybe two or three years ago. Agreed. But what I will say is that if you are asking me, who do I want for my franchise quarterback? There's not somebody else that I'm going to say. No. And I'm sure not taking forehead over that guy. No, I want the greatest thrower of the football, Aaron Rodgers. Now, this has been a wonderful intro between... (laughs) Between James's question, and I like that we can kind of shit talk to your coworkers through the podcast. Yeah, it's beautiful. I'll find out tomorrow if I like it as well. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have a rough day. It's gonna be my fault. I should come in and say hi sometime. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but there is a little bit of unpleasant business that we need to talk about. It's kind of the whole point of the show. Do we have to? I mean, we could try to do things that we liked, <laughs> like three minutes maybe. Yeah, yeah. There, there were a couple. I mean, the first half was good. Yeah, first half looked good. Uh, Not a short throw. Do you want to do offense first, right? I think we should just do it by halves. Okay, that's an interesting thing, interesting idea. So, yeah, first half, offense looked great, right? We were kind of clicking on on all cylinders. I think we went, what, like field goal, touchdown, touchdown, field goal. We looked good, man. We had like 150 yards passing going into halftime. Offense was clicking, good mix of run and pass, a lot of quick passes, some intermediates. Then we got it to Watson on a sweep, just like yeah, doing the floor stuff. It looked like good. it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. It looked like what we want this offense to look like. Lazard had a few nice catches. Big Bob, or not Big Bob, I'm sorry. Big Dog had a oh, touchdown. And can, let's let's talk about that touchdown for a second. Beautiful. Fantastic play design. Okay, let's be real. That's just another, just another classic Mercedes Lewis play. We're, we're in the red zone. Towards the goal line, he's in as a glorified blocker, and we mm-hmm. use him so much like it, so it's perfect. Teams like yeah. forget he's got to like numb him to sleep. You can only play it, you can only do it so often because he's such a good blocker. And then, oh wow, I got by Mercedes Lewis. Why is that? Oh, he just scored a touchdown. Whoops, my bad. And loved the fakes on that. Right, we had a fake action to the right, fake or fake action to the left, fake action to the right, and then come back lollipop throw to wide open big dog. That's the kind of creativity. That we wanted to see and we expected a lot more of this year, I think. I would agree with that. And even in the first half, it's not like we saw that kind of creativity every play, but there there was more going on, right? A lot of motion, a lot of moving pieces, like we always talk about. Yep. Love to see it. Get try the defense to, just a little a little off balance. And try to get people open. We don't have the horses right now, like we saw in the second half, to just like, oh, we're better than you. We're just going to win. This isn't 2011. You know what we didn't see in the first half? What did we not see in the first half? Hero ball. Oh, huh. weird. Yeah, it's like you shouldn't throw when the person's bracketed. That's Unless weird. it's Calvin Johnson, which there's only one of him. And even him, he wouldn't get every single one of those. Not every single one of them. Matthew Stafford tried, though. He did. He did. Defense in the first half, also pretty good. I mean, we did kind of let up, I think, that field goal towards the end, but most of it, playing aggressive, guys were tackling well. We did a really good job. I would say in most of the game, but especially in the first half, of containing Saquon on traditional runs. Yep, I would agree because he really, right, if you look at it, he had 13 carries for 70 yards and touchdown, but 
He had the 40-yard run, which inflates it. The right? Wildcat. Which was out of the Wildcat. And so it was that, a touchdown, wasn't it? It was. If you take that away, you have 12 for 30. Mm-hmm. Will you take that all day? I will take that all day. Easy peasy. And you can't always just say, like, oh, let's take away all the good plays, and then he sucks. Like, I get that. However, that was the first, really the first time they ran Wildcat against us. I'm sure we did not expect it. To the degree they used it. We should have because they ran it against the Bears and was successful. I think we probably didn't. I agree with you. But I think we probably didn't expect it because Daniel Jones, and from all accounts, listening to to people talk about afterwards, this is 100% true. Daniel Jones looked healthier than we thought. Oh, he... He did not have an ankle problem whatsoever. No. So at that point, you're thinking, this dude's running around. Why Why would they run out Wildcat? There's no reason to. But they did, and it worked effectively. We really had a hard time filling filling lanes and, and stuff in the run that way. And we never really figured it out. They just kind of didn't do it all that much anymore. So you want to take bets on if the Jets do it next week? That would be interesting. Because they're idiots if they don't. They got Brees Hall, Michael Carter... If I'm Robert Sala, I'm telling my OC, draw it up. Let's do it. Isn't that Little LaFleur? Is it Little LaFleur? I think, I think it's it Little LaFleur. Yeah, this is going to be a fun game. <laughs> the LaFleur. Plus, we get the whole Sala was in LaFleur's wedding thing. And Sala was the defensive coordinator when they beat the Pet. I just. Sala God. was the grad assistant with LaFleur at whatever, whatever. Central Michigan? I think Central Michigan. This might be one of those games I listen to it on mute. <laughs> you know? I remember as a kid, my dad. Whenever games would be on Fox, and like this was right after Troy retired and Troy Aikman would be covering the Packers, he would literally just mute the TV in front of the radio because he didn't want to hear the bowl. I'm, I'm feeling this way for our game. Yeah, it could easily be one of those. Mm-hmm. could easily be one of those. But overall, defense played pretty well in the first half, I thought. Uh, their first two drives, I think they combined for six yards. Yeah. Feel pretty good about that, right? Two good three and outs. At one point, we were up 17 to three. We were up 20 to 10 and a half. At that point, you're thinking, okay, we're on pace for 40 points. There's no way they're going to keep up with us. Again, I left the work in good. peace. And Aaron missed. It was really one of the, the only poor th- plays he had in the first half. He missed Cobb in the slot, the slot go route towards the end of the first half. And, you know, we connect on that. That's a whole different game, right? Agreed. Now this one's 24 to 10, two full touchdowns. I mean, things could go very differently from there on out, but it's not what happened. And that was the only throw he missed in the first half, but he missed, well, he missed some throws in the second half, but also just like poor reads. Like I kind of mentioned earlier, talking about bracketing receivers, you know, he didn't throw any picks on this day. He probably should have uh, one of those third down or third quarter drives. He was actually trying to hit a deep crosser to, I want to say it was Romeo. It was Romeo. And the corner was in decent coverage, uh, but the safety was right behind him. I think it was McKinney. And it literally went right in McKinney's lap. I'm amazed he didn't pick it. Rogers, like, what are you doing? You're talking about that deep cross, right? Yeah. So I actually, right before we came on, read something interesting about about that play. So did you read the article that talked to LaFleur about some of the concepts and stuff like that? I didn't read the article, but I did listen to his 30-something uh, something minute, really in-depth on X's and O's, basically just trying to defend their, their coaching staff from all the flags. So that's apparently called strike. It's a strike concept, and that's one of the plays that Aaron Rodgers did not like in the offense, and it took a while for Aaron to get to it. And what they explained in the article is Aaron didn't like it because his back's to the defense the entire play. Ryan Tannehill apparently ran it just fine in Tennessee. They, they referenced him. And so at the end of the day, if Ryan Tannehill can do it, you know Aaron Rodgers can do it. 
So you have your back to the play. It's a play-action play. You have your back to the defense the entire play. You hit your back foot. You throw. It's like a one-read throw. That's it. It's kind of a blind throw. One read. So maybe it isn't even a read. It's just a chuck and pray? It, it's basically just chuck and pray, and it wasn't to, to Romeo. The interesting part about that play, and, and I saw some some kind of screen grabs of it, is it was supposed to go to Watson on kind of a, a shallower post, and Watson looked like he kind of had his jersey tugged a little bit. There may have been some defensive holding, but he wasn't out of his break by the time Rodgers hit his back foot, so he was still blanketed in coverage. That's where the ball's supposed to go on that play. So he held it a beat, didn't throw to Watson because he wasn't open, he wasn't out of his break, and then heaved it to Romeo. So I think I don't want to take away from the problem that that throw was because you put a more accurate throw, I think Romeo catches that, right? Maybe, the safety was there, maybe. but if you lead him flatter, you're running away from the safety. I would agree Instead with that. of going deeper towards the pylon, if you lead him straight across the field, you could probably complete that and, and not get your head taken off. But I think it leads to some of showing kind of some of the how out of sync we are at times. And that may be leading to some of the problems we're seeing. I don't want to dissolve Aaron of, of blame because he has plenty, especially for this game. But things just aren't clicking all the time. No, they're definitely not. Guys are not sure of their assignments. I'm kind of jumping to the defense with that for a second. In the floor, it's like I said, 30-something, very X's and O's uh, press conference. Because right after the game, he was asked about, like, what's going on on defense? And he's like, you know what? I didn't have time to check. I didn't have time to, like, watch the film. Let me get back to you. And I think it was Adam Silverstein during this 30-minute press conference was like, hey, so it's been a couple of days now. So what's going on? Props to that man for being on top of it. Love it. And the one thing that the floor said was that guys are just, like, not getting set which I just can't understand. Like, guys are not getting set in the proper positions when the ball is snapped. Which is watch. I mean, that's something I've always wondered about, and not just with us. It happens with a lot of teams who, like, watch the cornerbacks on a team. or They're the moving around. They're just kind of wandering around. Like, then they get set right before, and then boom, play goes. Yeah, it's weird. Why are you not set? Are you, it, We're not disguising anything. And a lot of them just seem slow, like Jair, again, had a chance on a on a crosser and was just mm-hmm. slow and let someone break it. To, I think it was Darius Slayton, who was a fine player, but we made him look excellent in this game. Yeah, I, we made him look like Steve Smith is but, what happened. Yeah, that was what you said. It was it was ridiculous. And not the Steve Smith that was on the Giants, the good one. No, the the ice up son, Carolina <laughs> yep. Panthers, get that in your one. face. Just dog. Just just ridiculous. I, I don't know what we're doing there. I don't know what we're doing there. And then just sticking with defense. You know, I made the the Lamborghini analogy that's brought up by Andy Herman, but we're just not playing aggressive, and I think that yeah. that hurts the mentality as a whole, right? Like these defensive guys, they're dogs. They want to be getting after it, and mm-hmm. when you tell them to sit home, like to just sit home and tackle, like what? How do you think that's going to be successful? You're not using the like the most, the best group of this team is the defense, at least by talent, yeah. at least by investment, and you're not going to let them go after it. Like I heard some people saying this is the same. We need to relax. This is the same scheme that we beat San Francisco with. No, it is not. It it might be the same coach, but this looks different. As big in San Francisco, we were letting our guys play way more physical, mm-hmm. go up and challenge the receivers. What's the point in having three amazing corners if you don't let them challenge the receivers? Who are all physical. 
right? So this is the part that, that kind of gets interesting to me is that a lot of people want us to play press man, right? Which I get. However, we don't have to. Joe Barry is not a press man defensive coordinator. He doesn't need to be. He probably needs to be a press defensive coordinator. You can go press zone. Yeah. Have you heard of the Seahawks Legion boom? I was just going to say Richard that. Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman did not play man ever. That was a, pretty much just cover three all day long, but you pressed. Yeah, you can go cover three. You can go cover three cloud. You can go cover two. And I know people are like, what are they talking about? So cover four is where you have four guys just dividing like the way deep half of the field. Right. So that's like, the we will not be deep, beat deep play. And then you have one guy underneath in the middle and that's it. Whereas instead you could have, you know, two guys deep and like three guys across the middle or a combination of that. Like it's not, it's not, if we play man, it's the only way that we can be aggressive and not be 15 yards off the line when you have Jair Alexander. And, and I don't know if we will play a weaker group of wide receivers. This Giants team has some young pieces at receiver, but even before three of their top four guys were out, I was not scared of this receiving core. And then you have no. guys like I think David Sills. Yeah, he started. Some other guy, their third receiver. Never heard of him before in my life. Like, guys, are you kidding me? I don't even know yeah. his name. There's no point in finding it because <laughs> he'll never do anything again. <laughs> but, like, the between the non-aggression and then as much as I love Quay Walker, I think teams are targeting him in the passing game now. Because if he is in man... Like he was, he was stride for side with Saquon Barkley. I I think we need to point that out for sure. Is that that's incredible? He's a physical freak, and on some of these busted coverages in the back end, he may not be the one initiating the tackle, but he's there to clean it he's up. He's getting there. This man plays with heart. He but, does. But when he's in zone coverage, he's not there yet. On a few of these crossers, he just doesn't have the sense. Like I don't know if he just doesn't see the guy coming and realizes that he needs to back up. In, in Campbell is guilty of this on one play, too, where they're just not getting deep enough, and then these crossers can go right by them. Like, Brody, that's your job. And that's the super frustrating part, right, is that it's crossers almost nonstop. It's playing soft, letting, letting them nickel and dime us to death, which makes no sense given our talent, and it's the crossers. Because I saw a thing where they just showed, like, every crosser the Giants did against us, and they all look identical. Got someone clearing out the, the, you know, let's say the left side, right? And the crosser coming from right to left. And the corner's bailed out to cover the deep post. And there's the crosser coming right in, right in behind and there's him. There's no one there. It's, there's nobody there. It's unreal. Because you have somebody in the flat, but they're 20 yards away. Dable literally said post game, and I don't know if he was talking about runs or passes, but he did say that they kept running some of the exact same damn plays, mm-hmm. and we didn't adjust. We did nothing. Now, I do want to just stop for a second because Dable did have a hell of a game plan. And Daniel good coach, Jones good coach. played like one tough mother effer. He he did play well. He did. He did play well. But still, given what quote-unquote pieces he had around him and the fact that for the most part we contained Saquon in the mm-hmm. running game, it's just it's it's, unexcus- it's unexcusable. I mean, our defense would make sense if we were winning every game by 40 to sit back like that, maybe. But but even then, I, I just, I don't know. I struggle. I, I don't quite understand For, what we're thinking. Agreed. For me, it's just the lack of aggression, the lack of putting your pieces in 
in places that they can make plays, right? So, can yes, I, Devin. Can Devin's I raising his thing? hand for me that I can't see. Just yes, go ahead. Another thing I wanted to just kind of add on that, talking about, you know, confusion in defense. Joe Barry better be exceptionally thankful of Rashawn Gary and Kenny Clark for their extraordinary efforts. And TJ Slayton this game. And TJ, I was going to say, if we were going to talk about like only good things, TJ Slayton had some really good run stuffs. He looked great. He did. Here's something else, though. Now, those guys are dogs up front, and we are lucky to have them. But it doesn't matter how good your pass rush is if you're all playing all of your defensive backs are playing 10 yards off the line of scrimmage. Right, because the dude can just, oh, yeah, check down. Hike, boom. Or boom. boom. Like, if, if you at least go press, even if you're going to bail out to cover three or something, it still takes time for routes to develop. Even if you just do bump and run, it takes time. You disrupt the timing. The quarterback has to hold for an extra beat. Gary gets home. How many more sacks would Rashawn Gary have if we played a little more aggressive in the secondary? Yeah, it's a, a lot, I think. He could probably be like eight or nine by now. That might be a hot take, but I don't care. Also feel bad for him that his 11-yard sack, the first play of the second half, which was, my God, I mean, after that play, you have to be feeling good. And then yep. it's a hold, and I think it was Razul on that play. Yeah, he had two holdings and then the, the personal foul. I know Savage had a hold as well. And with Savage's hold, again, I think it might have been he was covering Slayton, but I do not think that Slayton's a better athlete than Savage. No, Just don't hold. Savage being slight, like lazy and out of position. Make the kinda. play. Make yeah. the play. Um, trust your athleticism. Trust your instincts. Yeah, let him cut and then go chase him. What did you think of the Razul call? The uh, the the personal foul. D- did you think it was completely fair? Maybe a little questionable. Mm, I'm not surprised. Honestly, I'm not surprised it was called. I think it was relatively fair. Okay, I thought it was a a little weak. I would probably need to. I should have gone back again and, and really listened to when the whistle bro blew. Like, just when. when <laughs> sorry, guys. It's me. I always have to have, you know, some sort of snafu verbally. Um, but I'm not sure because we've seen Razul do that to guys. That's kind of part of his tackling for him. And yep. I don't exactly remember how early the whistle blew, but I just, part of me thought that. There's been a lot of questionable calls lately when it comes to physicality with some of the roughing of the pass of this stuff. Looking at you, Tom Brady. Looking at you, Tom Brady. You know, people being flagged for sacking the quarterback just doesn't quite make any sense to me. I think a lot of it's going to be uh, over uh, correction after the Tua situation. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, again, that wasn't a great play, but there was a lot of not great plays. It wasn't like, it wasn't like you know, the Silver Fox Missed a field goal at the end. You know, was it one play? No. And by the way, I'm going to take this opportunity quick while I remember to bring up the Silver Fox because that end of first half field goal was beautiful. Mm -hmm. We had no timeouts. We had to rush onto the field, get set. Years passed that we end up with some sort of formation penalty, false start. We don't get the kickoff. We miss, bad hold because everybody's rushed. That looked like, honest to God, NFL caliber probably top half NFL caliber special teams play. Thank you for it's Passaccia for having, you know, out of the three groups of this team for having the one that has disappointed me the least. Thank I you. I mean, that looked good. That looked exactly like it's supposed to and makes me feel good about potential pressure situations coming down the pipeline, right? Because we're going to face other other times we're going to need to get field goal team on quickly. 
mm-hmm. right? And this makes me feel confident that we have that ability. And that the Silver Fox is just, he looks like he's hitting everything with a wedge, you know? Get ready for a golf analogy here. But he just... Taking notes. He doesn't have to... Yeah, yeah please do. You're going to need him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just everything is just kind of like a little lollipop to him, you know? He's not, he's not, he's not breaking out the big stick and trying to hit drives every he's time. He's got the pitching wedge if it was he me. He does, yeah. Uh, for the does. listeners, Luke, tell the folks how lethal I am uh, with a pitching wedge. Devin's terrible at everything golf related. Excuse Anyways, me, so I'm sorry, didn't I like put you for four it, holes last it time? It looks like he's just out there taking a leisurely stroll up there and just lets that leg swing and poof, there goes the ball. Never really goes above like halfway up the uprights, but it doesn't need to. It works every time, just nice and easy. Hits it down the middle. So good job. That was really good execution by the special teams. Made me very happy to see. Would have been really happy on that third quarter drive out of half when we drove all the way down there. And it was a third and eight on like the 40 something. And it was going to go 58 yard field goal. Would have been nice if we, I mean, a run is conservative, but run or screen or just don't get sacked for an eight yard loss that kicks us out of field goal range. Yeah, literally anything. That would have been a nice, you know, three point swing. Could have changed how things gone. Yeah, could have helped. But could again, have some butts, candies and nuts. You want to talk about the end of the game? Oh, uh, the attempted Hail Mary? No, no, the the drive where we had a chance. Because the, so, uh, this, I mean, is, this is something we got to talk about. Okay, let's talk. Everything looks good up until the end. I think there was, was it on that drive that we had Lazard open deep and missed him? Or was that one of the other fourth quarter drives? I think that might that may have been that drive. That drive specifically is when we went back to what was working. Weird. Crazy concept, right? Because right? a little recap, right before that drive, right? Giants keep scoring. We keep not doing anything. Then we get the ball. Tie game. And what do we do? Hook it down like we got Uncle Rico three straight plays. I wanna, Just hooking it down the field. I want to push back on that a little. I want to push back on Packer fans and saying that three straight passes was stupid. I'm going to pause. Because you do want to not be super predictable. So I'm okay with a pass on first down. And then I believe it was an RPO on second. Yeah. My issue is with the selection of the pass. Because we had not and have not been hitting deep throws nope. all season. And I believe on one of those to Romeo, it was, again, bracketed coverage. So just not a good, high successful throw. While Packer fans were like, oh, well, you know, if you run the ball there. And the floor pointed this out. I thought this was beautiful. Because he really kind of put the reporter in his place. The reporter's asking, you know, in those in those three plays, you know, if you run the ball, your defense more of a break. And the floor is like, you know, there's still a thing called the play clock. And you run the ball, it's still 40 seconds. You pass the ball, it's still 40 seconds. So they were doing what they thought was their best opportunity to get a first down. Now, granted... Didn't yeah, turn out great. I, I just disagree. Because I believe that we have not been successful all year, and we were not successful a single time this game going downfield. I, I agree. So I agree if passes with, I'm fine with. Passes we're both fine with. It would have been nicer if they would have chosen shorter passes Higher that percentage been passes. successful with. Higher yes. percentage passes. I agree. That was not the time to do hero ball into double coverage. No, we're, the third down ball went out of bounds. Some of these throws, I just don't. I just can't explain. I don't know. Maybe it's Peyton Manning. It may be. Hey, this kind of happened last year. This 100% happened last year 
and he ended up kind of dialing the deep ball in. And that was with receivers he knew. So it's going to take some time. I get that. But throwing it out of bounds, not even giving your wide receiver an opportunity. Just we need higher percentage plays in that scenario. I don't care if they're a runner pass. I would love to see more pass game with the running backs. I don't yeah. care. But we we have not been creative. And I feel like we're kind of a broken record at this point. We've not been very creative with them recently. And they just need the ball more. I don't care how we do it. How many games have we said that? And how many games have pretty much all the floor uh, how many games that? have we played? Five? Like all five? Yeah, I, I don't get it. I mean, there are some runs where AJ Dillon gets stuffed for two yards, and the next he runs over somebody and gets 10. Aaron Jones always has a pop. And and now with Christian Watson being out too, that's one less playmaker. Why we are not just giving those horses all the run they can take is beyond me. I don't know. So Combined, 19 carries. Right. That's it. For a game we were winning, all of. All of. You would think this should be auto-drive. Yeah. Once we got 2010, okay, second half, yeah, we're still going to pass, keep them honest. Yada, 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 do a quick passing game. Cool, cool, cool. There's going to be a heavy dose of run game, right? You would think. Try to get through this thing. Their best defensive lineman was out. Yeah, Leonard Williams was out. their linebackers was out. They They were losing guys in the secondary, which, like, oh, you're thinking, like, oh, go pass. But, I mean, it still affects them in the running game. You're telling yep. me that that those, you know, third and fourth string corners are going to be able to get off blocks from Alan Lazard or Romeo, who's becoming a pretty good run blocker, or, yeah. oh, by the way, Mercedes Lewis. Even Josiah lead blocking, I, I mean, like that. We averaged five yards carry. That's, I, I saw a stat that, and we'll get to this when we get back to the, the last real drive we had. Neither one of them got tackled for less than two yards the entire game. Let's just jump on that right now. So we're not going backwards. No, we're not. And it was third and two and fourth and two. And we yep. decided to, in in run pass options. So for those of you who don't know, a lot of a lot of NFL teams are doing this, and the Packers doing doing it a lot as well. We're running a lot of them this year. Essentially, you have a run play and a, pla- a pass play called at the exact same time. And based on how the defense comes out, the thought process is if they load the box to stop the run. And those guys actually, you know, rush. They're not just dropping out. Then you throw the ball. And, you know, if it's if it's reversed, then you run it. Right? And some of these plays, there's a specific defender you're keying on as well to see what that person does. You will then do the opposite of whatever they're doing. Exactly. Well, they think, what I think should be pointed out, though, is, is some of the personnel packages the Giants had for those last two plays. Now, even if it's a crowded box... If you're bringing a lot of secondary guys in anticipating a pass, you fare better with the run and with, oh, I don't know, A.J. Dillon running over a corner. Like, you can't imagine that happening. And, and I think part of what was interesting on that, on one of those plays, is they loaded one side of the of the line of scrimmage, right? I think that was fourth down. So it was they the, said A.J. would have walked in. Yeah, and I, remember, I watched the replay of that a couple times, and they loaded the right side. So really just get to the center or left. I know A.J. Dillon, I believe, was on the right-hand side of Aaron Rodgers, but get to the center or left after the handoff, which is how it works anyways. If you're a running back, you're on the right side of the quarterback. You're going across. You're going across the quarterback. At the very least, you're running center to left guard. Right. And if I may, based off that, I believe that play, the pass play, was designed to go to the left to Romeo. Yes. And wait, Luke, so you're saying they overloaded the right side. Correct. So there's going to be a lot of pressure. There's yep. going to be a lot of bodies in the way. Mm-hmm. Hmm. 
So maybe instead of trying to throw the fade to Alan Lazard, if you're so insistent on passing, maybe looking left to Romeo or, I don't know, clutch god Randall Cobb on the left side where there's not a wall of defenders. Yep. Might have been the right idea. Now, the only I will counterpoint that slightly, and it is pretty common knowledge, like you throw into the blitz. But I don't like the route that was run. Nothing against Lazard, but trying to do a back shoulder when we only need two and you're going for the end zone. We don't actually need it. Was that his choice or was that the call? What do you mean? It was Aaron's choice. I'm sure Lazard, that was the route Lazard was supposed to run. That's just a lower percentage route than what was ran on the left side. And if you go back and watch that, Josh Myers takes his, the nose tackle, like to the back of the end zone. Like that thing was easy. We would have scored. Like yeah. Easy. Yeah. To get up there. And I get it. It's run pass options. There's only one way to read them, right? Like you either read them correctly or you don't. And so we're doing some revisionist history here and, and results based um, thinking. And LaFleur came out and said that Aaron pretty much made all the right reads. And I, mean, I get by that. The, by the book, yes. He did. But at the same time, it's like, are we getting a little too cute and too smart? Because it is third and fourth and two. And you do have a banged up Giants defense who yep. is going with smaller personnel. And you have A.J. Mother effing Dylan. And you have Aaron Jones, who historically has been one of the better red zone running backs like ever. Yeah, doesn't make sense with the size, but he just kind of like sneaks by and yeah, has he a little just heart. Gets there. And there you go. And I think... One of those plays should have been just straight up called to run. That's that's my thought. I get if you want to pass on one of them, that's fine because they're probably expecting the run. Cool, whatever. One of those should have been straight up run the ball. I think that we should maybe dial back on the RPOs a little bit in situations where the floor just straight up wants us to run the ball. Kind of like you said. I agree because Aaron's not making the wrong reads necessarily on either to run or pass. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's putting us in a higher percentage play agreed agreed what else do we have to discuss about this heaping mess of garbage i think just the fact that we cannot play a full game you know it's it's and becoming it's, a problem and it's mostly the second half outside say, of the patriots the second game. half which oh i don't know is when the game ends that's kind of more important correct i mean the patriots game we played a good second half we did we did but outside of that i mean the buccaneers we got out to a big lead not a big lead but got out to a lead and just hung out for dear life the entire time right Pretty yeah. much every game we've been like that. Is it LaFleur? Is it lack of adjustments? I don't know because you you listen to a lot of players and coaches that are in the game currently talk about it and adjustments are overrated by the media. You really don't have enough time to make vast changes. Um, but clearly something changes in the second half. We get... We start to stall, then it seems like we panic, and then all of a sudden we're chucking the panic ball downfield. seems to be a big theme, right? Like, we have to go make up this deficit right now, right now, right now. Correct. When it's seven points, or it's a tie game. Or we're winning. It Again, I, I'm speechless for this game. We, we were trying our best here, but things just yeah. don't make sense. No, they don't. And I really want to see more creativity. And we keep talking about this, but like, we haven't really seen any of the kind of Big Bob, Kelsey-esque screens we would do once in a while. It could be with Josiah, who had a pretty decent game, by the way. He's a lone, kind of a lone price Shout spot. out, Josiah. Uh, but we, we don't do any of that kind of stuff. We haven't been. 
We haven't had Aaron Jones actually running routes. We haven't even had him on wheel routes, really, outside of the first game. I did see him out wide. I but he doesn't really do anything. Times, but yeah, or there was a timeout call and the play was changed. But we at least we thought don't about do anything it. overly interesting with that. We don't even have him kind of end up running the the little toss, like the little kind of push pass. The vo- sweep I call thing. it the volleyball. Yeah. yeah, we did that right in the second game against the Bears, and uh, I don't think we've seen it since. And we scored a touchdown because yeah. Dillon was the lead blocker. Correct. Was a thing Who of is the size of a fullback? So like that makes sense. Yeah, he is Mike Allstott reincarnated. It's I love it. But like, wh- where's any of this? What am I going to say, Luke? I don't know. I don't know what we're doing. What I do know, getting back to the beginning of the show, is if we don't beat the Jets, yeah, and the Jets are a much more talented team, the Giants, it's, it's not a guarantee we make the playoffs. I mean, we have such a tougher schedule coming up and we always try to be positive on the show. We snuck by the Buccaneers, who didn't have most of their guys, right? Yeah. We nearly lost to a rookie quarterback on an undermanned Patriots team. We go and lose to the Giants. Mm-hmm. Daniel Jones played well. Dable coached them up well. But they just, the talent differential in that game. It was just unreal. Right? Like, let's look at the, the upcoming games, and then we'll, we'll really dive into the Jets. But we got the Jets. We got the Commanders. Commanders, I mean, it should be a win. But if we play like this, we're not beating anybody. And then do we, who do we have, Devin, after those two? We do go to Buffalo. Yeah. And that if, could be bad. If we play this way against Buffalo, we're losing by 40. I know. If we play a good game, if we play our brand of football— we still might lose. They're one of the hottest teams in the NFL. And for those of you at home who remember that Luke always says the Bills are my second favorite team, yeah, they might be. I went to nursing school out there. Buffalo is always going to have a special place in my heart. But it's not even close to where my allegiance lies. Right. Well, you've already shown us that that's the Bears. Got them. Again, every episode. <laughs> I remember when the uh, the Bills and the Packers were both in the respective respective uh, championship games a couple years back. And we all know what happens in the Buccaneers. My dad was like, yeah, but, you know, the Bills can still make it. And people were like, you know, you're, you're going to be fine. I was already dead inside. I was already dead. And then the Chiefs just stabbed me again. Like, they're, no, no. I'm rooting for the Packers, obviously. We have the Eagles. Later in the season, too. I'm looking forward to that game. We have the Vikings again. Is that sarcasm? Because I think the Eagles, if if we don't get a handle of ourselves, they are going to run all over us. No, it wasn't sarcasm because I, I really want to see the Eagles. They seem to be fun. Um, I, I do not. But I think, and this is going to be the eternal optimist to me, I think we will get it figured out. We seem to play to the level of competition. So in theory... That goes up and down, right? It does. So the Bills game will be interesting. I would not be shocked if I expect us to win the next two games, right? But I would not be shocked if we go in there pretty heavy uh, underdogs, right? At least relatively. And put up a good showing. Does that mean I think we win? Nah, maybe not. But I think we'll put up a good showing. I'm not saying I think we win a game ever again. Okay. Let's a- after that whole Giants thing? Yeah. Yeah, no. Remember what I think when I say we should be good. 
I mean, I guess in theory we should be, but then again, also in theory is thinking that we, oh, I don't know, play to our strengths and make good decisions coaching and schematic-wise and play calls. But what, there's just this nonsense, man. I, I don't even know what to think. And it's going to be interesting, this upcoming game against the Jets, because like you said, they are a much more talented team, specifically on offense, right? They have a lot of good pieces. They make for a great Madden team, right? They do, and they have another quarterback who likes to scramble, and we do so well against that. Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Little Zach Wilson. He's going to try to run all over us. They got two good backs. They got receivers. They got some good ones. They got Garrett Wilson, right? Um, Corey Davis. The little slot guy. Elijah Moore. Love Elijah Moore. Not even Elijah Moore. I pulled it up earlier. That's pretty much it. No, no. You cannot forget about Braxton Berrios. Braxton Berrios. I love Braxton Berrios. Yeah, yeah. He's a lot of fun. He he scored on a jet sweep, so they're getting creative with their play calling. And then, as we know, it's because Robert Sala, little little floor. It's going to be a well-coached defense for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, That's given Aaron problems in the past. They have Sauce Gardner. Who looks good. He had a very good game against the Dolphins last week. Interception, safety, like... You know, some of these guys, some of these high draft picks are busts. But some of them, you're like, that's a you dude. see it like week four, week five. You're like, that's a dude. He's already a problem. Not quite at Sertan's level, but he is looking like he is going to be a problem in this league. Yes, yes he does. And I, I don't know at the top of my head who they have across that. Let's keep the ball away from him, ideally. Maybe by running that's the ball. Fair. That's a way to do I, it. I like this plan. Yeah, I like right? this plan. It's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to the game. Hopefully, we can kind of get right. Zach Wilson makes some terrible decisions at times, so we just need to make sure we actually put our defense in a position to, I don't know, do something. Just just don't sit back. I know. We have a bunch of ball hawks that aren't even on the screen most of the time when the ball gets completed. Something else I want to point out. Yeah, I thought we were moving on. <laughs> just about the defense. Then about you know the lack of aggression, right? Which which we do this so often. But you would think if we're doing the same sit back coverages that you would have your rules down and people wouldn't be running wide open on busted coverages. The fact that not only we sit back and let you take everything underneath, but there's a coin flip chance that if you run some sort of cross, if you have two guys going in the same spot, that one of our boys is going to miscommunicate and you're going to be wide open. We've had a couple of those like That's true. each game. That's true. So it would be nice if, if even if we are going to do this stupid sit back, cover four, give them 15 yards off the line of scrimmage, we would at least know what the F we're doing, right? It's at least that would ask. be nice. It's a lot to ask. It would be it. nice. You know, pro athletes, your whole livelihood, feeding your family depends on this. You would think there'd be a better showing. Nah. Apparently not. Too much to ask. All right. Do you want to just do a little NFL scoreboard look yeah, around? Yeah, yeah. Our two cents. Mm-hmm. So the Bears, my beloved, I'm kidding. Yeah, I got you. The Bears uh, actually give the Vikings a bit of a run for their money. I think they had a, a comeback, and then the Vikings scored on a touchdown. So they, yep. they fall in Minnesota 29-22. Fields didn't look awful for the first time all year. Good for him. Good for him. Uh, the Niners. They, oh, I will note that they uh, like to play our form of defense against Justin Jefferson, which means none. It's wide open the entire time. <laughs> Bold strategy, Cotton. See how that works out for you. So far, it's over for 2. Yeah. The uh, Niners got 
the Panthers head coach Matt Rule fired, winning thirty-seven to fifteen. Shout out to the Niners for that. Shout out. I'm again. I said it. Let's make some phone calls. Dude, we're not going to do it. We I don't, know we don't do anything, but I I can dream. So then, uh, free DJ Moore. Niners are three and two. Eagles five and zero oh over the uh, Cardinals. who are now two and three. Close game though. Close game. Close game. Twenty seventeen. Was it still Cooper Rush or was Dak back for the Cowboys? Cooper. Yeah. Well, the Cooper train continues. They go into LA and beat the Rams. The Rams only put up ten points. They that Cowboys terrible. defense. Micah Parsons. He's a dude. Rams look terrible. Matt Stafford really thinks that Skronik is just Cooper Cup the entire time, and he just he just <laughs> that's it. He just throws to those two the entire time. Um, Tony Pollard's really good. Zeke Elliott's not, but they keep. We've been saying this for years, bro. It's true. They're just Every not... time. I saw Pollard the... rips off like a 60-yard run, and then it's like, back to the bench to you. Like, There's a funny meme where it's like the two greatest Cowboys, and like the two guys that cost Jerry Jones like $156, $156 million, mm. and the two greatest Cowboys are Cooper Rush and Tony Pollard. 100% accurate. The other two are Zeke and Dak. Yeah, we'll we'll see with them. I mean, they're the defense is looking really good. We'll see what happens when Dak comes back. I'm not super worried about them down the road because of one man. His name is Mike McCarthy. <laughs> That's very true. That's all I have to say about that. All right, other games that matter for a Packer, uh, Packer playoff push. You're just thinking down the road. We shouldn't even yeah. talk about playoffs. Playoffs? I just hope we can anyway. cover a crosser. <laughs> <laughs> we're still the we're currently the seventh seed. So there you go. We're in. I was trying to tell myself after the game, like you know what. This is what we want. We want to look like shit in some games. We want to squeak into the playoffs because that's how we go in the Super Bowl. So this is obviously planned. The floor, obviously. Uh, the long Joe game. Joe Barry. It's, it's the long game. It's all planned. It's all going to work out. And when we win the Super Bowl this year, I'll be like, how do we even doubt him? We'll be able to look back and laugh at this. Like crossing routes. Man, we what? knew the whole time. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to start like dropping down and Savage <laughs> is going to get pick sixes and it'll be great. All right. Other games that matter. On some questionable officiating, the yeah, Buccaneers were able was, to survive. It was uh, not questionable. Tom Brady was literally handed the win on a silver platter by the referees. Mm-hmm. Grady Jarrett sacked Tom Brady, which uh, wouldn't have ended the game, but would, I believe would have given the Falcons the ball back, right? And yeah, it gives you a chance, like two yeah. minutes to go. What else can you ask for? Right. And instead, nope, uh, somebody looked at Tom Brady wrong. We need to throw the flag and give them a first down and end the game. Mm-hmm. So Buccaneers, a little bit of a pirated win, if you ask me. Go 21-15. Oh, uh, the Lions, after having one of the top-ranked, having the top-ranked the offense, top. just throw up a zero in New England. I guess Bailey Zappi's so, got that team zinging. So that's the only the only good thing, right, is that maybe the Giants and the Patriots don't suck as bad as we thought. Doesn't make me feel a ton better, but maybe like a little bit. Not willing to say that yet. But I I feel a little better. I get where you're going. Ramondre Stevenson uh, blew up with Damian Harris out. He looks so good. Claimed Ramondre Stevenson in a fantasy league, and I was ahead of the guy on the the waiver wire. Mm -hmm. And then I played him this week. The dude who basically stole Ramondre Stevenson from me. And it was super close game back and forth, and Stevenson went off. And it just came out of the kickers. And I won on Monday night. Thank you, uh, Mr. Carlson. God bless. Nicely done. Oh yeah, he had some, some couple fifty yarders really helped he you out. He did. Yeah, I was. I remember, I was like driving home to the game over the radio, and like, oh yeah, the Raiders are gonna try out for a fifty yard field goal. 
I was like, <laughs> like, I, I think I might be winning at this point. Like, maybe we shouldn't. We should just let Derek Carr go do Derek Carr things. Yeah, you don't, you don't want him to miss one and hurt you. Correct. I would have been super upset if we lost, if I lost like that. Back to you know the show and the Packers and the important things. Um, I'm trying to see if any other games from the weekend really mattered for us. I think these are AFC teams who I'm not allowed to talk about, so I just won't do that. But can can we quickly? Can we quickly? It's, it's not. It's not just AFC teams. It's a specific former Packer that you know his name has been brought up a lot lately, Mister Devonte Adams. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we got to go there. So, shout out to the Raiders. At least in the first half, they they jumped on the Chiefs on the Sunday night game. Monday night. Monday night. And game. Josh Thank Jacobs you. looked like a man yeah. amongst boys. Josh Jacobs apparently the week before set a new record for rushing yards for him in a, in a game, and then did it again this week. So. Good for him being on track. The Raiders get the ball back. Lay down a touchdown, field goal, maybe field goal. Field goal, I think. With, you know, minute and a half to go. And on a third down, they try to hit Devontae on, like, kind of that weird, like, fade from the slot. Mm-hmm. Makes that catch nine out of ten times. Had the feed in, just had a little bobble, so incomplete. And then on the fourth down, the, the game-deciding play, him and Hunter Renfro, receiver that we both love dearly for the Raiders, little guy to climb to, who the moment he was drafted looked like he was 45. But, hey, Correct. the man does wonders. Except on that play, when him and Devontae ran into each other, mm, awkward. both fell on the ground, the ball just sailed. Even more awkward, I don't know if you saw this. Oh, I did. That in his frustration, Devontae Adams was exiting. Kansas City Stadium, and I think it was a cameraman. Yep, it was a cameraman. Cameraman just happened to accidentally bump into him. There's a lot of congestion there, and Devontae decided to, like, two-arm shove him. Like, totally offensive pass interference. 100%. Oh, yeah. Push off. So, Devontae apologized for it after the game. Very poorly, I might add. According to... I listened to it very poorly. TMZ. According to TMZ, this man is... Filing a police report against Devontae Adams. I mean, that feels a little strong, but I, I did also read that the league is considering suspension. I think you should, and I think they will. Just I think so. You probably get a game for it. You should at least get a game for it. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine. Just what are you doing? And like I said, his apology afterwards was like, yeah, the guy got in my way, and I pushed I him. Probably I probably shouldn't have done that. Yeah, uh, my bad. You got to be like, that was unprofessional. You deserve a lot yep. better. I'm really sorry, sir. You know. 100%. I hope you're good. If you want to get your head checked out, I'll pay for the hospital bill. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Right. But just not not a great showing for Devontae. Not a good look, man. He never did that, right? He he won like unofficial awards from the beat writers for being like the most likable guy on the team, like the best interview in mm-hmm. the locker room, right? And he just seems grumpy. Weird. You want out of Green Bay so desperately to go play with your boy. Uh, and Hall you, of Fame quarterback to Hall of Fame quarterback per Devontae Adams. Yeah. And your boy and you are one and four. Yeah. How's that going? Not great. This team has a lot of talent. I could see him turning around, but. 100%. Not looking great, especially when they're, like, their best players aren't doing great. I mean, Devontae's kind of been a little hit or miss. He did have a nice game in this game before that last yeah. drive. And they're using him as a deep threat a lot, which is weird. But hey, you do you. You do you. But Hunter Renfro has questionably cost them two games. Darren Waller's not doing anything. And he's also hurt. That doesn't help. He wasn't doing anything when he was healthy either. True. So it's just Josh Jacobs and Devontae and pretty much 
Mac Hollins with the great hair. Oh, yeah. Gotta love Mac Hollins. <laughs> Gotta love that man. All right, buddy. Anything else you want to add? Nah, I think we pretty much covered it all. All right, you guys. Well, I'm hoping for a much different episode next week. Oh, it's going to be glorious. Maybe the problem was we haven't played a noon game yet. This is the first one of the year. Maybe. I really like noon games. I like noon games, too. But it just feels right. I'm not going to say that's the reason for all of our problems, but let's hope it is. Let's hope that's the that's the explanation that we could not get to. Here's hoping. We I don't even think we brought up once that we were in London. So? That just feels like that was a, a talking point there. Also, shout out to the Wisconsinites that were running London bars out of beer. Good job, guys. That was great. I mean, the only thing from London that I want to point out, if, if we want to bring it up, was that what did we hear from Packer people all week? Razul. We didn't want to be there. When asked about playing in London, said F this, F that, F, 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 which Razul God, that wasn't cool. And then LaFleur was also annoyed with playing yeah, in London. Like no one wanted to go besides Aaron. And And you know what? It's okay because... They didn't want to play in London, and honestly, for half of the game, they didn't play in London. Problem was, that would have made a lot more sense in the first half if they just no-showed. Oh, agreed. This game, right. again, makes no sense whatsoever. You would think, like, slow start, right. being a little sleepy. Yeah, make that would be like, okay, yeah, jet lag, whatever, whatever, cool, I get it. But no. And also, it was a home game for us. And not just like, oh, they put Green Bay on the on the field, like, you heard Go Pack Go chants. All the you time. You heard the stadium music. It was vast majority Packer fans. I think it was really well done by the NFL. I agree. To, you got the all the normal sounds and music that you would get at Lambeau Field. Mm-hmm. That was well done. I did enjoy that as well. One of the few things that game that we did enjoy. Correct. All right, guys. Until next week. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.